This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy, a Week 8 edition as we really get into the thick of the fantasy season, seasons being won and lost in the upcoming weeks, so let's get to it as always. I'd like to welcome in my guy, the man who I look forward to speaking with every single week during the football season, truly one of my favorite, if not favorite, hours of the week. The man, the myth, the legend. You can follow his work over at footballguys.com. Coner over there. Listen to him eight days a week. We'll see Salami on the Audible. And, of course, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter. The one, the only, Sigmund Bloom. What is up, brother? Oh, you know, just at that point in the season where we're getting our mind wrapped around everything, but I think there could be some trades trade tsunami and uh you know otherwise i think week seven and i know your listeners are nodding along with this it was kind of a tilting week it was a tilting week in fantasy it was a tilting week for some teams and it's a test to get our bearings back going into week eight i like that and uh the eagles certainly need their bearings back after the just brutal brutal loss on sunday we'll get to the eagles coming up as they head to london one game before that for those who don't know sigmund and i will Slam through every single game on the slate, helping you set your lineups and whatnot. And then uh, we will have a little fun later going inside the mind of one Sigmund Bloom. We have four teams on by this week, a couple with a fair amount of legitimate fantasy options. And uh, in general, uh, certainly some big time running backs off the board this week as well. The Tennessee Titans, the Los Angeles Chargers, this close to saying San Diego there, Sigmund, still. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons on by Sigmund. Let's start it out with tonight. Yet another, what looks like it could be a Thursday night stinker, not a uh, not an exciting one, is the Miami Dolphins, yet four and three. Uh, heading in to face the four and three Texans, Te- uh, Sigmund potentially the worst matchup of four and three teams in the history of football. Uh, from a fantasy yeah, right. from a fantasy perspective, how are you viewing this one? 
uh, Houston may continue to try to establish the run to help Deshaun Watson. So Lamar Miller is a bye week fill in or flex play. Uh, Will Fuller should be fantastic. Xavier Howard should be on DeAndre Hopkins. So Fuller's going to get a great matchup without Kiki Cutie huh, in there. Oh. Uh, it's going to be more targets for Will Fuller um, on the Miami side. You know that Brock Osweiler's favorite guy is Brocktober means Danny Amendola. And, you know, Brocktober. Oh, man. man. Good. One last week of Brocktober to get your Brocktober fix. Uh, and of course, You've got Kenyon Drake. We're going to get some more looks from him, maybe in the slot or doing something more as a receiver. Probably not because we can't count on Adam Gase for uh, rational coaching. And I just can't. <laughs> I've just got to say, James, I haven't seen an, an, in recent memory another player that a team was more reluctant to play than Devontae Parker. And you know, watch Leonte Carew take all of his snaps, getting called up from the practice squad or something, because Adam Gay seems to really, really not want to play Devontae Parker. But I, I, I don't know. There's a team that you're associated with that might be able to use the services of one Devontae Parker, but they don't want to trade him either. Yeah, no, the Eagles, uh, look, and I, Devontae Parker needs to show me he can stay healthy and stay on the field, but... Eagles could like a- certainly use a, a outside threat. That's for, yeah. for damn sure. Um, also, um, did you see what Devontae Parker said about Adam Gase, though, too? Crazy. So uh, he came out and took some shots at his head coach, yeah. too. So, yeah, that definitely seems like a toxic relationship between those two guys. But, um, yeah, I'm with you, Sigmund. Interesting stuff there. We'll see if Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake seems to do things when he gets the ball. Um, he just doesn't get the ball enough. All right, yeah. Sigmund, let's head to London. Sadly, hopefully the Eagles can rebound. Luckily, they're facing Blake Bortles on a short leash, Sigmund. These London games are always weird to me in terms of fantasy. I never know what to trust, what to not. What do you think of this one? Well, we know not to trust anything on the Jags, anything at all. Even the, I mean, the running game, It's Philly's a good run defense. It's going to be split between Hyde and Yeldon, so... Forget that. Um, we might have been saying, you know, certainly at the beginning of the season, we'd say, ooh, tough matchup for Carson Wentz. But maybe not. And we're going to see whether Jacksonville's defense can kind of take control of this team and provide the tone the way that Denver's defense did the year that they won the Super Bowl and they drug a half, one foot in the grave, uh, Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl win. So I still think that, Carson Wentz is willing to throw into those small windows and let Alshon Jeffrey, who looks fantastic, by the way. He looks awesome. Sigmund. He looks great. He looks great. What a great decision to give him the one-year prove-it deal and then to sign him before that year was even up, even though he was hurt, even though they, and I'm sure they knew he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I don't think Carson Wentz is going to shy away from allowing Jeffrey to test uh, Jalen Ramsey. And I, so I wouldn't necessarily bench him, but it's going to be Zach Ertz. And please let it be. Dallas Goddard. Let it be Dallas Goddard. <laughs> touchdown last week. Get the touchdown. Well, and from a tactical perspective, this is one where Dallas Goddard presents many more matchup problems than Nelson Aguilar could or Devontae Parker or anybody. I mean, it's right there, and he looks smooth, and he looks ready. Um, but I, to, to, to your, we talked about this before we came on the air. To, to the Eagles fans, I want to say, don't worry. Look at the Giants. Look at Washington. Look at Dallas. Mari Cooper, come on. Uh, <laughs> good job inducing Dallas into giving up the first round pick. Oh, Philly's willing to give a second? We'll give a first. <laughs> uh, you know. No, you look at this Philadelphia team, and you know, obviously they can't afford another injury on the defensive uh, line inside. Um, good thing they uh, traded for Michael Bennett. Uh, sucked to see 
Derek Barnett go down. I, you know, a lot of teams have problems in the secondary right now. But the Eagles are going to be fine. The only thing that's in stake right now is maybe uh, hosting the NFC Championship game. That's all. I mean, maybe hosting a con- uh, the, the, the second round, you know, having to play on wild card weekend. That's okay. This team can handle it. Sigmund, I love your optimism. I wish more Eagles fans had it right now. Is, you can't uh, get out of them, right? It's funny. No. You win a Super Bowl, and they, they're not like Red Sox fans. They're not turn, they haven't turned into front runners as soon as nope. uh, they win a Super Bowl. Nope. The, the We're pissed. We're anxiety. angry. It's crazy. I heard so many people say, if the Eagles get me a Super Bowl before I die, I won't rip them for a decade. I'll never rip them again. It was all lies, Sigmund. Everyone lied. That's the truth. Okay, I mean, I you know I do on the couch every week, and I feel like maybe one of these days we'll have to do on the couch with all thirty-two fan bases. It's a and smart idea, actually. They all have their different neuroses and hang-ups and you know blind spots and, and endearing qualities. And uh, yeah, I think Eagles fans even have some endearing qualities. Although Eagles and Steelers fans, we got the Flyers and the Penguins thing. We got the Philadelphia, the Pittsburgh, the rivalry of Pennsylvania. So I should be careful not to say anything too nice or my Pittsburgh. Ah. My ilk will disown. You want to be a sellout, right? Yeah. Um, no, good stuff there, Sigmund. I'm sure Eagles fans appreciate the words. Hopefully, the Eagles can start that turnaround this weekend early in the morning on Sunday. One note to keep an eye on Wendell Smallwood did not practice this week. So um, I know that uh, obviously, probably not uh, someone who people were clamoring to play, but did get the majority of the work. And um, if you did have to play him, keep an eye on that. He might not be able to go. All right, Sigmund, moving on to the one o'clock slate. Let's start it out with the uh, the fantasy offense of the season so far. And uh, one of the all-time great fantasy offenses through seven games. Those Kansas City Chiefs hosting a Broncos team that last week put, put up one of the all-time great fantasy defense weeks as they killed Joey Rosen. I think a much tougher go this week. Um, what do you think about this one? Probably starting to watch, even though the Broncos won, starting to watch them swirl down the drain a little bit. Um, at home, I like the Kansas City defense. In the last matchup, uh, Sammy Parker, Sammy Parker, Sammy Parker, I'm thinking way back to some other Hail. Kansas City Chiefs. That's, that's still at least I'm in the right stadium and the right team. Sammy Watkins had a, a hamstring, didn't do anything in the first matchup, so he might be the one guy to stay away from here. Kareem Hunt is on fire right now and in, in league-winning form. Um, and on the Denver side, we'll see if that wide receiver trade is made. Um, I, it would be Demarius Thomas if it's anybody. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, it has already happened. Um, but I don't, I don't know if we're going to see Cortland Sutton freed, though. We are going to see Case Keenum if you have to pick up someone off the waiver wire to plug in for Phillip Rivers uh, at quarterback or Matt Ryan. Then uh, you like the matchup there. Uh, you, hopefully Denver doesn't fold up shop halfway through the third quarter like Cincinnati did. And what's going to be interesting to watch, and Philip Lindsay uh, looks like Royce Freeman isn't going to make it for this one. So Philip Lindsay looks like a better play uh, uptick in touches. And we know what he's doing with the touches he is getting. But what's going to be interesting here is that I would imagine, James, we're going to look back at that week four game between Denver and Casey and say that's the best any defense is going to look against Patrick Mahomes or, or alternatively the worst Mahomes is going to look all year. And let's see, can Denver summon up anything remotely like that? And I think that'll give us good chance to see like where they are because they're one of those teams like the Giants, like the Raiders that could become sellers. And that takes the wind out of the sails of a team. Yeah, that's a really good point there, Sigmund. I agree. Once you start selling, it's really tough for that team to pick it back up. And this Denver defense has played well. I think the altitude certainly helped that other game. 
But um should be interesting to see how they handle the Chiefs this week. All right, moving forward, Sigmund, your Steelers, the aforementioned Steelers, still no Lev Bell hosting a, uh, a Browns team that has not been great lately, Sigmund. The, but they're going to end up playing equivalent of like 18 or 19 games this year. Um, Steelers at home usually get the better Steelers defense, the better Ben Roethlisberger. You do see Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry chemistry starting to emerge. Uh, David Njoku is one of the few reliable tight ends. Nick Chubb, this is a tougher matchup for him. He's, I don't know if he's going to make much more of this matchup than, say, Carlos Hyde would if the Browns fall behind. That could be bad news for him. Uh, but on, on the Steelers side of things, at least one more week of James Conner. And I've got a feeling that when Le'Veon Bell does return, that he and Connor are both going to be startable every week, a la, say, Kamara and Ingram. I don't think Connor is going to go away. Uh, but arrested Steelers team, a Steelers team at home against a team they usually dominate, uh, you would hope. So here, here's the Steelers fan uh, sitting in for the Steelers fan nation on the couch here when I say you should hope uh, at home that they don't play down to their competition. Yeah, look, uh, uh, I feel you on that one. Uh, the uh, Again, I think this uh, football fan base couch neuroses deep dive yeah. sounds like a good idea, Sigmund. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, you mentioned before how bad the NFC East is. We get to see two of those teams this weekend. One of them, of course, sitting at 4-2 and two somehow, but has not looked great in doing it. The Washington racist heading in to face the ah, New York Giants team. Nice. That, hey, you can call them like I see them. Uh, Sigmund facing a Giants team that you just mentioned t- selling. Talk about selling right. Sigmund, spare, getting rid of parts as, uh, as quickly as they can. Here. Yeah. So this is a better outlook. We may see Chris Thompson back for this one. A better outlook for uh, Adrian Peterson with Damon Harrison gone. Um, I would say a better outlook for some Washington receiver, but none of them are healthy. None of them are that good anyway. Uh, Alex Smith is a, a boring. This is such a boring team. And they're not going to come out of their shell uh, leading the division playing the way they're playing. Uh, Jordan Reed isn't taking up the slack. Uh, he's just on the barely on the line of tight end. You would start. He seems to have lost something from all of his injuries. On the Giants side, you, know, you still have Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley. Uh, but this is another team that teetering as far as its spirit, as far as its energy. And we'll see what happens now that they know that even though they were making a push to compete this year, that the front office is now admitting that they can't compete this year. Yeah, they misjudged that one, Sigmund, huh? Maybe. And as good as Saquon Barkley looks, maybe taking the franchise quarterback, you know. Could have Maybe. been a good move. Good move. All right, Sigmund, moving on. Uh, the uh, the team that just uh, was the beneficiary of one of these giant sell-off pieces, Damon Snacks, Harrison, and now to the Lions, those Lions hosting the Seahawks, coming off their bye, I believe. Sigmund, how do you feel about this one? Not in a exciting 3-3 three and three matchup of teams here. This is going to be one of these teams is going to be the team that either beats Washington in the first round of the playoffs or Philadelphia beats at home with a nice little tune up for the playoff run. Uh, I, 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 these teams are certainly the arrows pointing up for both of them and Seattle's better than we expected. They have almost the same blueprint on offense right now. You know, they want to run the ball 30, 35 times and they only want to have their very talented quarterbacks throw the ball 25 times. So that if we think that, because of that, they can encourage each other to stay on that more classic cold weather, even though it's played indoors, uh, battle of field position and who can make the stops on third down. Then, you know, Karen Johnson looks good and 
but Doug Baldwin, he looked good coming uh, into the bye. I think he'll be a good high-volume play. He'll probably avoid Darius Lay in the slot. But Detroit, who splits those targets between their three wide receivers somewhat equally, now you have Michael Roberts uh, dominating in the red zone, and it just would make sense. You know, James, I think we might see that even though Eric Ebron's been making good with the opportunity he's got in Indianapolis, Michael Roberts might show that there was a really good opportunity in Detroit that he was not making good on because with those three wide receivers there, just like we saw with Jesse James earlier this year with Vance McDonald, sometimes the tight end is just left alone. And I think we may continue to see that with Michael Roberts and really mess up playing your Detroit Lions receivers more of an aspirational wide receiver three flex play than a mainstay. So I'll be watching that. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if a shootout breaks out between uh, my Stafford and Wilson if you get a few big plays. And this one game script is going to be a really important determining factor for fantasy value. And I can't get a good fix on it, but I know both of these teams want it to be a boring run heavy game. Yeah, it's a fascinating one from that perspective. I really could see it going either way. It was nice to see Carry On bust out a little bit last week. All he needs is touches, segment. It's not that hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, right? Uh, but uh, the Roberts thing is interesting, too. I know, at least for me, tight end has been the trickiest position all season. It is just so hard to find guys who you can count on week to week at that position, other than, you know, Zach Ertz and, and even Travis Kelsey. But. Um, it's been a tough year at tight end. Obviously, some guys have busted out, but I think that's a really interesting name to watch. All right, Sigmund, moving on to uh, a, a lot of fantasy-relevant names in this game, but uh, a Bengals offense that really disappointed last week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading in, somehow also 3-3, three and three, facing a 4-3 and three Bengals team. I feel like every team in the league is 4-3 and three or 3-4, three and four, Sigmund. I don't know if that's possible, but uh, what do yeah. you think about this one? Yeah, Pete Rosell smiles uh a lot of offense in this one you know Jameis Winston it might not be pretty but he's going to put up the numbers and probably I think Chris Godwin is actually settling out to be the best of the wide receivers other than Mike Evans just because he sits down in those short zones and those are the throws that Winston's accurate on not the deep throws to Deshaun Jackson if the football gods were kind they would put Deshaun Jackson back in Deshaun Jackson LaShawn McCoy let's get all the LaShawn Deshaun's get the family back together (laughs) in Philadelphia Really, because that's exactly what Philadelphia needs right now, and it's what James Winston can't take advantage of. Um, may see Ronald Jones get a start here. I'm not saying to plug him in the lineup. Maybe pick him up to see what they can do. They, um, you would think with them spreading the field and the threat of the pass game that there could be some lanes opened up for his speed. Cincinnati trying to bounce back after just a humiliating loss. Good old Andy Dalton in prime time on the road. Classic, uh, right? Yeah, and I mean, there were some things about his game that were turning the corner this year. Him playing outside of structure, he's making some good throws to Tyler Boyd, for instance. And Tyler Boyd is set up with the prime matchup here, or the slot receiver, because they've been lining up A.J. Green in the slot. Both of them should be fine here against Tampa's pass defense, even though it took a while for Baker Mayfield to get going. Uh, C.J. Uzoma. Speaking of solving that tight end position, Tampa Bay has been giving up to tight ends every week. I think four weeks in a row, they've given up a touchdown, at least 50 receiving yards to tight ends every single week. Uh, And then we want to see if Joe Mixon could go. And speaking of just give him the ball, Joe Mixon has talent in the vicinity of the Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley types. I'm not saying he's as good as Gurley. Nobody's as good as Gurley. But 
he needs to be used that way. And this could be a game where they really use him as more of a bell cow. They haven't been able to get him going since that knee injury. So I'll be watching that. But Cincinnati, this is a very important game. Uh, as you said, everyone three and four, four and three, three, two and one. Um, th- hmm. This is this is one that you know the Steelers have already beaten Tampa Bay. So it's important to keep pace with the Steelers that Cincinnati holds serve here. All right, Sigmund, a lot of AFC NFC clashes this week. Let's go to another another matchup of a three and four versus a three and three team. As uh, the aforementioned uh, franchise quarterback who the Giants passed on, Sam Darnold and the Jets heading into face a Chicago Bears team that we thought we knew the identity of through the first few weeks of the season, the defense. And that has not been the case the last couple weeks, Sigmund. What do you think about this one? The Jets, well, last week. Sam Donald looked like a rookie and um, Jermaine curse looked like he shouldn't be on the field was totally useless. I think Robbie Anderson could beat these bears corners, but I don't know that Donald's going to have time to throw downfield, but all pals out. So I say Crowell is going to get more work, but is it going to amount to much against the bears defense um, on the Bears side. Mitchell Trubisky has been the best quarterback in fantasy football over his last three games. What? Yeah, I know. Seriously. And did you see the 70, the eight yard scramble that was actually a 71 yard scramble? Oh, of course. Yeah. So let's, the, 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 we can't do much with it this week. The Patriots defense is so slow. <laughs> if, I mean, if Mitchell Trubisky can, can reverse field and run all the way to the other side of the field and jog in. Uh, but, you know, Trubisky with that running ability, I think that unless you have an obvious play over him, someone like a Breeze, Goff, Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes type, you're going with him again against a really banged up Jets secondary. Um, Jordan Howard still not a great play, although more chances for short yardage touchdowns. He should have had two last week, only had one. Tariq Cohen is red hot as a receiver out of the backfield. Trey Burton is hot. And you're going to leave him in, but I, I think that a closer examination will show that Bill Belichick, that tricky one, he took away Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel was actually the player he respected over the top. Didn't want that to happen, which left a lot of room for Trey Burton to run. The Jets are down to a third string safety uh, as far as their center fielder. So that tells me that if you were enjoying Taylor Gabriel and felt let down by what he did last week, he could do more this week. Uh, And I think I'd like him actually better than a little banged up Allen Robinson in this one. Yeah, Taylor Gabriel... Definitely screwed me in DFS last week. So hopefully we can get a, uh, a bounce back there. And look, I, I think that's a really interesting point to look at the Patriots. And this Patriots D obviously not very good right now. But um, to see who Belichick's targets on teams like that is a really fascinating just study to do. And the fact that he thought Gabriel was the uh, clearly the biggest weapon there, I thought that's a, an interesting point. All right. Uh, one more game in the one o'clock slate. Another good one. This one, a four and three team versus a sadly four and two team, a team that should be three and three segment. Ah. The, the Baltimore Ravens facing the Panthers. Is this uh it feels like a low scoring game. It feels like it should be. What do you think yeah, about this defensive one? battle? You know, John Brown, you're going to stick with because he's been so good and the Carolina corners are vulnerable and Michael Crabtree has been dependable and Joe Flacco is a flying streamer, a fine streamer. If you have to go and to a way flying Brown, streamer, I and think a fly, and a flying yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm making up stuff. Sometimes the, the best things you come up with, you come up with accidentally. Um, <clears throat> not so much liking Alex Collins against the Panthers run defense. And then you have Cam Newton. Twice in a row, the team has gotten him into, and he's helped get himself into big holes, and then almost came all the way back against Washington and did come all the way back against those Eagles. Uh, man, Baltimore's going to be tough, though. Baltimore's a tough defense. So... 
Cam Newton having to do it all himself because you don't think that Christian McCaffrey is going to get much going in the running game here. Um, Devin Funches, you know, tougher matchup as far as corners. Sorry, Eagles fans. I think you know you know your team's weaknesses. It's all good. We know. We know. Yeah. Well, we saw yeah. Ronald Darby just freaking bite on a double move with uh, mm-hmm. you know the end zone behind him, and the only thing they couldn't do is give him a touchdown. So yeah, we got it. Yeah. So you know maybe Devin Funches. Um, they've got a myriad of other weapons. Curtis Samuel, who looks fast and strong, and DJ Moore who looks fast and strong. Uh, Greg Olson's back. Uh, Torrey Smith. I mean. Now that Daryl Worley is a, a Raider, well, it's, just, it's always two, six degrees of, of Eagles, right? You don't wonder if Torrey Smith might be able to help this team a little bit right now. The other thing, Howie Roseman will do something else to make us forget about it by the end of the next week. Uh, but my point is that there's a lot of weapons. I don't know that they've been making the most of them. Cam Newton's been doing a lot on his own. But yeah, I agree with you. 17-16 kind of game. And knowing Cam and how it's been going, he'll find a way to, to show us the S on his chest again. Yeah, yep, yep. I've seen enough of that. All right, Sigma, moving on to the four o'clock and beyond. Two stinkers, and then a good one after that. We'll, we'll get the stinkers out of the way, as these are not three and three or four and three or four and two teams playing. Let's start it off with the uh, the Indianapolis Colts coming off a nice showing against the. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, manic bills, whatever you want to call it all yeah. over the place. You never know what you're going to get with that team, uh, heading into face a, uh, another seller as we've been discussing today, those, uh, those Los Angeles rate or excuse me, Oakland Raiders. Yeah. I'm already moving them. I was about Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Exactly. Uh, what do you think about this one? Zay? Yeah. Andrew Luck's been playing really well. T Y Hilton's playing well. So that's a good matchup. Marlon Mack, man. Mac attack last week. And and you're going to stick with him in the lineup in this one. Um, Eric Ebron, you may see Jack Doyle back here to help you at tight end, and that could put a little damper on Eric Ebron. I don't even really care about the Oakland side. I actually like Jalen Rashard better than Doug Martin if you picked up an Oakland running back, uh, a wide receiver. I'm much. I'm most interested in Marcel Aitman, the Oklahoma State big receiver. They called it from the practice squad for my deep dynasty teams. I, I just think that we can see that this offense is really going to have trouble getting the engine to turn over, even against the the little defense that could the Colts that is some deep ass dynasty segment and I love it all right I I think in what will easily be our quickest discussion of the day Mm -hmm. as this is not not much man Niners at the cards what do you think yeah, um, um, George Kittle. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks like Josh Rosen will play. Oh, okay. Here's here's the angle. Byron Leftwich, who apparently is visited by the ghost of Bruce Arians. Do we see rational usage of David Johnson? Could this be a sign that for the second half of the year, David Johnson still probably won't live up to his top five billing, but will make us a little more excited to play him because he's not just run up the middle. He's not just given flares and screens and actually allowed to use some of his amazing talent. Uh, fingers crossed on that one segment for all those David Johnson owners out there. Maybe we can get a few Larry Fitzgerald uh, yeah. pass and catch. Five for 50. Things. Yeah. 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 You know, please. Please. All right, Tigman, this is a good one. This is a fun one. Uh, the last of the four o'clock slate here is those uh, undefeated and seemingly undefeatable Los Angeles Rams. They are from Los Angeles. We'll host the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers heading into town. What about this one, Tigman? Is this, is this a start everybody game? Yeah, they're happy. Los Angeles is happy to claim ownership of the Rams now. It is a start everyone kind of game. It, 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 an air raid game, 41-38. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to see 
Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb probably back for this one, although I still think Marcus Valdez-Gantling should be the number two receiver for this team based on what he's shown. Jimmy Graham has been looking good, really getting on the same page with Aaron Rodgers, just need those touchdowns. And Devontae Adams, I, I think maybe Adam Thielen and Antonio Brown, that's about the only guys I would rather have than Devontae Adams right now. So th- all of this is looking very good for Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be healthier, hopefully shred, uh, shed the knee brace, stay away from the backfield. They're just going to stick with the three-way backfield. And then we've got the Hurley Gurley man, but also you've got Robert Woods, and you've got Brandon Cooks against a very vulnerable secondary. And yeah, this is definitely the a kind of uh, whoever has the ball last wins kind of game and fantasy football leads evaporating in the afternoon. Yeah, I can see this, especially Aaron Rodgers coming off the bye too. So you certainly feel good about Rodgers moving forward here. All right, Sigmund, we got another really great one to end the night here. One of the better Sunday night games Actually, Sunday night games, actually, they get the best games, it seems, always. But we got another good one. Let's say that as the New Orleans Saints head in to take on a surging Vikings team. What do you think about this one, too? Yeah, well, I mean, it's always the same story for the Vikings. A lot of Adam Thielen. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing because Thielen goes to the slot, Stephon Diggs might see some Marshawn Lattimore. I wouldn't bench Diggs on that expectation, but I wouldn't be surprised if it causes him to have a more quiet week. Uh, We'll see some more Latavius Murray, but the run defense is the strength of the Saints, who now have Eli Apple. Uh, so they actually have a credible number two corner. Uh, and then on the Saints side, if Breeze indoors, even though it's on the road, uh, you like, of course, Michael Thomas. Trey Quan Smith, I think, is someone that you have to consider getting in. One thing we're going to watch here, um, Everson Griffin will be back. However... We also could see Anthony Barr banged up in this one, and that's important for Alvin Kamara's matchup out of the backfield. So Drew Brees could have a little easier time of it. Xavier Rhodes is banged up. That could make things easier for Michael Thomas. Uh, So we're going to watch that injury report because the Vikings defense, they've had some games where they've looked very vulnerable against the pass, and if they're missing Barr and Rhodes or if they're – not their usual selves that can make things a lot easier for drew Brees. but this is a fantastic one this one's going to determine who the eagles are going to meet in the second round of the playoffs yeah sadly they'll probably be going to that team's house but i'm with you sigmund all right uh and i like the second round of the playoffs that's strong work they're just implying they breeze through the yeah. card round um all right one more on this slate here sigmund this is one of those uh you think you know what's going to happen but i guess when the pads and bills play you never really know what's going to happen Pat's heading in to take on the Bills, this Bills team. I don't even know what to yeah. say, Segment. What do you think no, about this one? I know what's going to happen. The Patriots are going to win. Yes. Yeah. Well, that seems like a likely outcome. We can get some other stuff done on Monday night. Uh, I have to get hung up watching a football game. That's not even really a game. But uh, will Rob Gronkowski play or not? I'm afraid we may not know on Sunday morning. So if you got Gronk and you're relying on him, like I am on so many of my teams, it's a really hard week, week seven, uh, then you may have to – just plug someone in that you have playing on Sunday and not wait around for that. Of course, um, Josh Gordon, I think he may lock up with Tredavious White, although you feel that it's coming. The the big Gordon breakout game is coming. Maybe not in this one. Maybe it's still a little more Julian Edelman. If Gronk is out, a little more Chris Hogan. Of course, a lot of James White. He's not going to slow down at all. And on the Bills side, play the New England defense. Play whatever defense is facing Buffalo every week. It's been a great recipe this year. All right, Sigmund, uh, as always, my favorite time of the week, of course, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter, footballguys.com. The Audible with Cecil Lammy 
it is that time to go inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund Bloom, inside your mind, as it were, Sigmund. So um, these questions are phrased open-ended in some ways, however you want to, as always, interpret them. Uh, it is yours. Now, not really open-ended, just very broad. So uh, take them however you like. Question number one. There's a classic four-pack, I would say. Question number one. What is the number one thing on your life bucket list? Oh, man. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I Machu Picchu. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I, I, there's nothing else. I mean, it's, it's always the first thing that pops into my head other than, you know, things that are the problem more like a jokey answer or, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, a after dark answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh. keep it. Let's keep it PG. Um, and and absolutely. Uh, Machu Picchu, I know that there's a, a way that you can go there and sleep there and wake up, uh, um, like stay up and watch the sunrise. And um, yeah, I want to, I want, ever since I first saw Machu Picchu when I was a kid, I more than any other place I've ever seen, I wanted to go there. I feel exactly the same way. I find it so fascinating that it was undiscovered and just there, this city. And like, I love Machu Picchu. They can't I, even really say how they did it. I, I mean, know. Even I'm, really say I'm fascinated how by they, it. How they were able to move all that stone and make it all fit so well and what exactly it was all for. And I love all these uh, the, the ancient uh, monuments that really hinted us maybe that, you know, we don't know everything we think we know and I, I humble it's always good for us to be humbled although sometimes it can be painful yeah i i love 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 that answer all right question number two who do you most admire banksy Ooh, good answer i always used to say uh i used to say i used to have a when i was a lot more active on facebook i had a kind of a running i had a lot of different running uh, um series if you were my facebook friend like because I, I i'm i'm an egomaniac and <laughs> i would just compul- compulsively like putting out i had to avoid the avoid florida uh, uh thread and um there was the when i grow up i want to be banksy that's um, awesome and and i'll just say this that it it it's it's art but it, um it's it's social commentary but it's got wit but it's also shocking in in a way, um, and it 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 truly is the kind of thing that you know if we had fifty or hundred people of that wattage and that kind of bravado, then you could really start triggering some things in the mass consciousness. So yeah, when I grow up, I want to be Banksy. Great answer. All right, question if I, number. If I grow up. Yeah, if you grow up, but well said. Question number three: What are you most proud of? I mean, the one thing that comes to to mind, and I always. I you know I hesitate to say things like this, um, and I I think that, it, and I'm thinking in terms of of what I do with football and fantasy football. Um, I think it's that that uh, I feel like in a in our fantasy football world and in the football world online, there's always a lot of bad blood. You know, there's always a lot of frustration, venting, um, stuff getting taken out of like blown out of proportion and i feel like and i know this is when the universe is going to do something to show me that (laughs) i feel like over the 12 years now that we've been doing the audible and i've been at football guys that we've been able to both cultivate an audience that is, is 
is curious and cerebral and respectful and and passionate um but also i've been i think i've been able to create so some background like when i started doing the show on the couch which i don't know when it was six seven eight years ago um fantasy football was a bunch of walled gardens and people didn't really even acknowledge that other sites existed um you certainly would never say that another site is good or worth people's time or money or anything like that and what i was able to do with the couch is bring in the people i thought were the best people the people i like talking to the most from all the other sites and we lavished each other with praise because mm. we really felt that way. And that was a, a, it was right before all the DFS money came into fantasy football. And then there was so much money that er, there was enough room at the table that everybody could get fed. And uh, but I feel like that was one of the first outposts in fantasy football that said like we can all be friends and we can all talk each other up because we really feel that way and we're not losing anything. We're actually I, I think that something that people get mixed up is you know if you direct people to things that are good it's just going to improve your profile with any of the people you serve it's not like the, we, we aren't necessarily all competing so that people are going to buy one subscription or something like that and if that's the case that's the case so i i feel like i've brought my my jason wood a season ticket holder for the eagles forever um football guy OFBG was on the football staff board. He said that I brought fantasy football glasnost. So there you go. A long way to say wow. fantasy football peace. I was a peacemaker. I love that. That is terrific. Um, and thank you for doing that. You know, look, we probably wouldn't be here talking the way we are if we weren't for that. All right, Sigmund, last question. And uh, for those who listen to Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom last week, he had a terrific answer about Quincy Jones and told me, and I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, but if people have not read the GQ story, Quincy Jones has a story about that. Please read it because yeah. it is amazing. But Sigmund, that's not where I'm going in honor of that Quincy Jones story. Um, what's your best story? <laughs> <laughs> and I know like, you know, just oh. in the moment for right now that makes sense for this forum. Oh, I know you. I'm sure you got some stories. Oh man, Mardi Mardi Gras, um, Mardi Gras 1998 with my late great friend Jeff Wilson, and then I returned with um, my friend Ken Pitzner. And there's so many facets facets to this story. Oh my God! There's when we tried to get the couch down to the neutral ground uh, on the parade route, and the cops kept, even though that we were surrounded by other people's couches, they kept telling us we weren't allowed to have our couch there. And we tried everything we could. And then my friend wanted to go fight a cop. Luckily, he couldn't find any cops to fight. I think they were messing with us. Oh, there's when my friend that week that day he got thrown in jail. And then when I went to um, get money out of the ATM with my Discover card to help bail him out, um, the numbers on the ATM started to move around. That's another story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mardi Gras. Uh, really, you feel like you're at the, um, there's, there's, there's being pushed through the crowds on Bourbon Street whenever the person in front of you says, are you, are you peeing on me? And you have to stop for a second. You have to stop for a second and say, oh, I feel my leg getting wet. Too. Oh, it's cold. No. And nope. someone's spilling their That's awesome. It. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and just, just, these are all just all little vignettes and in the whole time. Um, and man, yeah, Mardi Gras 1998 was, um, I did not get arrested at Mardi Gras for jumping on a float, but I was in a lot of people's film roles because we passed out in the parade route and some of the parade was going around us. 
Wow. That's amazing. I, uh, that's awesome. There's stories upon stories upon stories. Yeah, it's, like, it's, de- like, it's like one of those Russian nesting dolls. Of well, it's funny because the, the are you peeing on me thing made me think of a story of uh, of being at the gorge and a fish show and a tent. And that's all I'll say. But um, there's uh, it's funny because sometimes stories sprout from stories, sprout from stories. So I'm sure you could do a podcast full of stories. Um, but uh uh, Quincy Jones, definitely read that article. That man has some stories. Uh, as always, Sigmund, thank you so much, man. Always a great pleasure. Always a pleasure indeed, my friend. Already looking forward to next week. Until then, everyone, good luck in your Week 8 matchups. If you have any questions, lineups, whatever, hit us up on Twitter at James Seltzer at Sigmund Bloom. We'll be back next week to break down every single game on the Week 9 slate. Until then... As always, good luck in your matchups, and of course, go birds! <laughs>